0: One of the key themes of A Wizard of Earthsea that comes up in the very first chapter and then runs throughout the work and will show up in the other Earthsea novels and short stories as well, is that power is not all that it's cracked up to be or anticipated or desired, including by some of the characters, Ged himself, who's rather impatient to start learning how to use the power and potential that he has to have even more power to do things, to gain honor, reputation, power over things, knowledge, right? And, And he encounters others as well. And what's wrong with power? Well, when you have some of it, you enter into a world that is sort of like a vast game or marketplace or pool or arena, whatever metaphor you want. And you having a bit of power, particularly if you've got Great potential as Ged does makes you a target for others in a variety of different ways. It could be the scorn that Jasper pours upon him. Jasper is another student at Roke who's from a much more, you know, well titled background than this gauntish goat herder type, right? Who's Ged, even though Ged has much greater power and potential in terms of magic jasper is ahead of him and can give him a hard time or it can be much less we could say innocuous i shouldn't say completely innocuous because jasper's goading leads Ged into doing something that disrupts the very equilibrium but it can be dangers of others wanting to use your power wanting to seduce you to control you to harness to use your power as something to augment their own power, to make you powerless, except insofar as you use your power their way. There's also important temptations that come with having power. And a lot of this is illustrated in one of the very first relationships and exchanges that we see in the very first chapter. Ged's aunt, his sister's mother, takes an interest in him because she realizes that this kid can do magic like she can. So she tells him, I will bind your promise. Your tongue will be stilled until I choose to unbind it. Even then, though you can speak, you will not be able to speak the word I teach you. Where another person can hear it, we must keep the secrets of our craft. Good, said the boy, for he had no wish to tell the secret to his playmates, liking to know and do what they knew not and could not. He sat still while his aunt bound back her uncombed hair. She began to sing. Her voice changed and she speaks to him the the spell and then says speak to test the spell the boy could not speak but he laughed then his aunt was a little afraid of his strength for this was as strong a spell as she knew how to weave now notice what it says here she had tried not only to gain control of his speech and silence but to bind him at the same time to her service in the craft of sorcery yet as the spell bound him he had laughed she said nothing And what's what's going on there? She wants to control him. She wants to use the power that she sees. She's not being completely upfront with him. She's not treating him as a nephew. She's treating him as a tool and she's just not strong enough to pull it off. And as we see here, She goes on, to earn the words of power, he did all the witch asked of him and he learned all she taught, though not all of it was pleasant to do or know. The witch of ten elders was no black sorceress, but being an ignorant woman among ignorant folk, she often used her crafts to foolish and dubious ends. She knew nothing of the balance and the pattern which the true wizard knows and serves, which keep him from using his spells unless real need demands. This thing that will be called the equilibrium in other chapters within this work. So on the one hand, she is trying to use Ged, at that time called Dunny, doesn't even have the name Ged yet. On the other hand, she is also somebody who's given into temptations and ignorance on her own part in her use of magic. So there's this really interesting paradox going on here. Power, you would think, would be something that makes our life better having more power makes us able to be strong and free to get what we want. But what happens when we have some power, when we have talent, when we have capacity, we get on the radar of other people who have been around longer than us and have more advantages and want to use us for their own ends. Others want to take control of us and use us. And Ogion, the mage who names Ged and takes him on as an apprentice, explains this after Ged screws up, after the first attempt to seduce him into becoming somebody else's thrall. And we should actually talk about this a little bit. There's a girl that he begins talking to in Re'albi, the daughter of the old lord of Re'albi. And she says, I wish you would tell me about sorcery. And Ged wants to please her, to win her admiration. And he allows her to talk him into, or goad him into, finding a spell in one of Ogian's books. She does so by saying, can you change your own shape as wizards do? And he says, I might if I choose. And eventually she says, are you afraid to? No, I'm not afraid. Maybe you're too young then. And so he decides he's gonna do it. And he goes looking through the spell books and things go wrong. And it turns out as Ogian says, You don't remember that that girl's mother, the lord's wife, is an enchantress. Indeed, Ogion had once said this. Gad had not paid much attention, though he knew now that Ogion never told him anything he had not good reason to tell him. The girl herself is half a witch already. It may be the mother who sent the girl to talk to you. It may be she who opened the book to the page you read. The powers she serves are not the powers I serve. I do not know her will... But I know she does not will me well. Ged, listen to me. Have you never thought how danger must surround power as shadow does light? So the idea there is that not everybody's going to be nice and helpful. They're not going to say, oh, fellow magic user. Wow, we're all in the same thing. No, they will try to control you. They will try to use you. The shadow that Ged brings into the world, we find out, he also wants to use him as well. And we're told how this will happen when the Archmage is talking to Ged after the shadow has been released. The Archmage says, You have great power inborn in, in you. You use that power wrongly. You summoned a spirit, but with it came one of the powers of unlife. Uncalled, it came from a place where there are no names. Evil... It wills to work evil through you. You are connected with it. And if it does take control over you, then this is going to be particularly bad because you have power that it can use. You have capacities. Later on, he talks about the danger that will happen. This is where Gad is talking with Ogion after coming back to Gaunt. And he says... If it defeats me, then it will take my knowledge and my power and use them. It threatens only me now, but if it enters into me and possesses me, it will work great evil through me. It wants to turn Ged into a thing called a Gebeth, which is sort of a hollowed out shell of a person whose will and personality has been effaced by the evil that now inhabits the person and uses it like a puppet or like an article of clothing. A wizard Gebeth would be very dangerous indeed. There's another very interesting section that takes place having to do with one of the old powers up in Oskil, one of the northern islands, with the stone of the Terranon. And this involves the now grown-up young girl who Gad had run into before. So there's this long discussion between them. Her name is Sereth. And she says, have you heard of this stone? It's a famous thing. The jewel outshines all the famous treasuries. Would you like to see it? She smiled with a look of mockery and daring, as if a little afraid of what she did. She led the young man from the hall down to the base of the tower, downstairs underground to a locked door he had not seen before. She showed a small room like a dungeon cell, floor, walls, ceiling, all rough stone, unfurnished blank. Do you see it? As Ged looked around the room, his wizard's eye caught one stone of those that made the floor. It was rough and dank as the rest ahead of Unshapen paving stone, yet he felt the power of it as if it spoke to him aloud. This was the founding stone of the tower, this was the central place, and it was cold, bitter cold. Nothing could ever warm the little room. This was a very ancient thing. An old and terrible spirit was prisoned in this block of stone. She says, This is the pteranod. Do you wonder that we keep so precious a jewel locked away in our deepest hoard room? He says, tell me of its powers. And then she says, it was made before Segoy raised the islands of the world from the open sea. It was made when the world itself was made and will endure to the end of the world. Time is nothing to it. If you lay your hand upon it and ask a question of it, it will answer according to the power that is in you. It, it has a voice if you know how to listen. It will speak of things that were and are and will be. It told of your coming long before you came to this land. Will you ask a question of it now? No, it will answer you. There's no question I would ask it. Finally, she asks, do you fear the stone? And he answers, yes. And Ged actually says something quite smart here. He says, I'm not going to talk with that spirit. That spirit is sealed in a stone and that stone is locked by a binding spell and blinding spell and charm of lock and ward and triple fortress walls in a barren land. Not because it is precious, but because it can work great evil. And she wants him to touch the stone. She tells him, you'll be able to be master of it. What he realizes, however, here's the passage. He saw... How indeed he had been drawn here, lured here, how they would used his fear to lead him on, and how they would, once they had him, have kept him. They had saved him from the shadow. Why? Not because they loved him, cared for him. They did not want him to be possessed by the shadow until he had become a slave of the stone. Once his will was captured by the power of the stone, they would let the shadow into the walls, for a Gebeth was a better slave even than a man. If he had once touched the stone or spoken to it, he would have been Utterly lost. Now, as it turns out, Benderesk, who is the lord of the Teranon, wants this for, for Ged. He wants him to become the slave. But Seret also is playing a game as well. She wants to use it against her lord, but also to ensnare Ged. And so what we see is all these people at cross purposes with each other and this ancient power that would make him a slave once again using ged's own power what else can we say about this issue the school of roke which is very important in the the story occupies several chapters sends ged out as a trained mage After he has had his schooling, Ged will eventually in later books become himself much more important to the school of Roke. I won't say exactly how, if you haven't read it, but what are the masters doing? The masters are teaching their pupils who are going to become at least sorcerers or wizards and perhaps actual mages, teaching them how to understand power. They teach them about the equilibrium. They teach them about responsibility. Not all mages wind up being good people as a result. The masters are not infallible. And what they do doesn't always stick. But they, And some of them can actually be corrupted themselves, as we'll find out in later books. But they certainly make an attempt to inculcate a certain sense of responsibility for their charges, and what they try to do is help them understand some of the dangers, some of the temptations in having power, some of which Ged himself succumbs to. One of these is ignorance. Ged is told, listen, you try to spell that you didn't really know how to control. You tried to raise the dead and you ended up opening up the door to so much more than just the spirit that you were after. That was foolish. That was a result of ignorance. Don't be ignorant like that again. Ambition is another major thing that those who have magic must struggle with. And if they don't master it, It will master them. And we see this happen throughout the books yet to come. Finally, the passions, the emotions, what is Ged driven by that leads him to doing this this terrible thing that leads to the death of the Archmage at the time and the, the need to elect a new one. He gives in to envy, to anger, to to all of these negative passions that lead him astray. Greed could be another one. And these lead people into doing wrong, which then has to be, if it can be at all, fixed in one way or another. So this is a, a very important dynamic running through this book, we can say that Part of what Ged is being schooled by, not only at Roke, but also through his encounters with Ogion, and also I would say in his final engagements with his friend Vetch, who he trained with at Roke, and who will help him in the end confront his shadow, part of what he's learning is that power is much more complicated than it seems. It can be used for great good, but it can also be turned to great evil as well. And you often have to make split-second decisions about which way you're going to go, as Gad himself does in the narrative. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible.